Welcome to Malcolm Reed's How to Barbecue Right, a podcast where we talk about barbecue, share recipes, and discuss all things delicious. And now, here's your host, Malcolm and Rochelle Reed. Hey, welcome back to the How to Barbecue Right podcast. I'm your host, Malcolm Reed, joined by my lovely, talented wife, Miss Southern Shell, been holding the fort down while I was gone. I feel like I haven't seen you in a very it's long time. It's been a week, hasn't it? Yeah. I've been a nice Well, little... you were hunting last week locally, but yeah. still, you were at deer camp last week. You came in for a party, I took me to a party. Out. The next morning, I dropped you off at the airport, yeah. picked you up last night. That's right. Been gone. So you went to Texas to hunt? I did. I went I went over to Texas, to the middle of nowhere, Texas. I'm talking remote. <laughs> <laughs> What part of Texas, technically? Um, we flew to San Antonio. Okay. And then I'm, I'm very thankful they picked us up at the airport because my plan was to rent a car and meet everybody there. I never would have got there. <laughs> <laughs> we drove like two hours out into the wilderness. <laughs> and it was like, I was like, I wouldn't have found this place. I mean, it's like eight miles to the closest dirt road. And then to the closest blacktop from once you get to the dirt road, I'm talking, you got to cross creeks, go through gates. And I was like, I could just rent a car there. I'd rent it like a midsize SUV, you know? <laughs> oh, no. Need like a rock crawler, or a Jeep or something to get back there where we were. There was no phone service. So I, you know what it's like, how great it is I bet. to not have your phone for a week? Like no calls, no text. We had wi there was Wi-Fi at the Hacienda, but there was no, you know, and it was it was spotty. It wasn't like it was yeah. the greatest Wi-Fi. If you did find cell service, like I called you a couple times, you had to stand still, like where <laughs> you found it, and and, had, and it would drop. Like you know how the calls were dropping yeah. out. You only called. I wouldn't just be one. messing with you because we had <laughs> party going on. <laughs> I figured most of my message, my like my texts and stuff, weren't even getting through. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, they weren't. I mean, I wouldn't. As as we couldn't got... even like like if you was in a deer stand, you couldn't even text anybody, come get you or whatever. Yeah. You know, it just it did not work. It was just we were surrounded by mountains. Well, I mean, have... I guess they were Texas mountains. Now, I mean, to me, being from Mississippi, they're you know, <laughs> there's something. If yeah. it's a hill, it looks like a mountain <laughs> to me. But this was, it was the, um, I don't know, it was, it was cool. It was totally different terrain than I've ever been on. It's all rocks and brush and thorns everywhere, and you know, boulders and stuff like that. It wasn't like, yeah, it wasn't woods like I'm used to hunting fields and woods. No, it was it was rough country. Like you pretty much stuck to a, a rock road. You'd hate and if you had to get off of it and trek through it. You better be ready because yeah, you'd hate to be yeah. stranded out there. Oh heck yeah, there's nothing there's nothing to live off of. No water. Like um, they had like they call them tanks. So I guess what they do is they dig out these big spots and put some kind of tank in the ground, and then they would catch the water that come. I mean, I think they had a couple of like springs or wells or something to fill yeah. up, but that's where I guess the animals water. If you don't do that, I mean, there there was a this was on like I think it's called the Seco River, but it wasn't much of a river too. I guess I guess when it rains, maybe it's more, but this time yeah. of year it was fairly low. Like you couldn't float inner tube down. There. <laughs> oh really? But I mean, they like they. The ranch we were on had dammed part of got. I don't know if they got permission or just dammed it up, <laughs> but they made like a real pretty spot, and so it looked cool. The water was beautiful what I saw, but I mean for the most of it, Seco mean they told me it means dry, so it's a it means dry river. So <laughs> that's the way it was, but it was it was cool. It what was, did you What did you go to hunt? Or we were what deer, did you we were deer hunting? hunting, but they also had some different animals like. Um, they had 
Axis and Fallow and Black Buck and What's a Black Buck? Sheep and um it's uh it made a lot. Yeah, I've never yeah. hunted one. <laughs> I've seen some. It's like it has the spirally horns. You know oh, what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, the conical yeah. and they get real long. Like I think they had to be thirty inches or so. You know, that's crazy. Uh, Texas has all these exotic. Yeah, oh, they're, they're, no, they were everywhere. See, a lot of this stuff, it was high fence, but everywhere we were, were high. There wasn't much low fence, which low fence is, I guess, what we have, like a bob wire fence. They yeah. call that, they would call that low fence. But see, I'm used to you know big areas of government land and you know forest and stuff like that. Well, no, that's not the way it is out there. It's like everybody owns it, and I guess to keep animals on it, or so they can put some of those exotic animals on it, they high fence it. And when we were first going, I was thinking it was going to be, you know, you see these things on TV and it looks like they, you know, get online, pick out what animal you want to shoot and you go, <laughs> yeah. they tell you where he's at and you can shoot. No, this wasn't like that. It was like, I think the place was, I don't know how many thousands of acres it was, but like once you went in the fence, you you never really realized you were in a fence because you didn't see it. I mean, you saw a gate where you went in and that was it. You got away from it. And you and actually had to It was just wilderness hunt. with like around mountains and stuff like that. And so- you didn't like get out and stalk the animals or anything like that. We were setting in hunting blinds, but the way they would set it, you'd either be setting close to water, or since there's no like, there's not a lot of natural vegetation for them to eat and stuff, so they have to like protein feed them. And so you'd see these feeders and things that the deer would hog. There was hogs there. I got to shoot some hogs, but it was you know they you never knew what was coming. It was like, you know, you hope some animals come, and sometimes you might not see something, but sometimes you might see something that's awesome that you've never seen. And then, all, and you could, the weather was bad, so it was always like foggy and drizzly. So visibility wasn't the best. So it was like, there's a lot of times like you could see over to the next mountain or whatever. And I, so it cleared up some, and I got to see some animals like on the side of a mountain, but there was like, I ain't go if I shot it, there's no way I'd get it. You yeah. know? <laughs> Who am I kidding? Like I'm gonna <laughs> hike off this one mountain down this ravine up another and then up the side of this other one to get this You're no Ranella. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't no meat eater. I'm a meat cooker. <laughs> I didn't to be like out in the road, like where I was because they would like drop you off and you'd have to walk, I don't know, two or three hundred yards maybe to a stand. It wasn't it wasn't it wasn't bad. Yeah. It was always down like a rocky road. But it wasn't like this was some paved, paved blacktop road either. Yeah. I mean, it's like rocks and stuff. So what did you end up getting? Um, I shot a pretty nice whitetail buck, just uh, like the deer we have around here. Yeah. It was a 10-point, uh, pretty good, you know, pretty pretty heavy horn. And then I got to shoot uh, a really, really nice – they were telling me they've been hunting – they've had people there hunting it's, – it's, it's called a fallow deer, but it was a fallow buck that was chocolate color because most of the time they're like white or spotted – well, they had they'd been seeing this one for three years and nobody killed it because they said he just wouldn't come off the mountain. Like he wasn't coming down to their feeders and stuff. I guess they stay up high. Well, one day I was hunting and you hunt with a guide too, so I was hunting with a man named Mister Jimmy. And and uh, it, but anyway, this deer he, he said, "Man, I think that's." He's like, "What is that?" And I saw. I said, "Man, Jimmy, that looks like a fallow buck." And he's like, "That's the chocolate fallow we've been looking for." And so it came in and like. It's, I don't know if it saw us or if it was looking towards the blind or it knew. It knew something was wrong, and it just got the heck out of there. Like it was, by the time I could even get the gun out the window of the blind, it was gone. And so that next day, like we got back to camp, told everybody we saw it, and they was like, well, you ain't going to see it again. And so I said, let's just go back the next morning, same spot, and we did, and it came back out, and I got to shoot it too. So Wow. It was awesome. So, um, are you? Did you bring any meat with you? Uh, yeah, yeah. It's bat. Well, it flew back in a in another plane. And yeah, I flew back commercial, so I didn't. 
bring it back. But the meat is back in Mississippi. So how what, what's going to happen to the fallow meat? Um, I'm getting. Is the, it different? Is my question. They, they say it eats a lot like just regular deer meat. Yeah, it's not. It's it's a. Uh, it's not a lot. It's not a lot different. It's supposed to be really really good. But they're like if I got an axis deer, and they said that's the best. Really, and one of the guys with me killed an axis deer, so I'm hoping he shares some of it. <laughs> so I, try, I just want to yeah. try it. But yeah, I'm gonna have the back straps and the inner loins from the, both deer. Okay, good. and then the rest of it, I'm getting turned into sausage down at Vans, <laughs> my favorite sausage place in Mississippi. How much Van sausage will we end up with? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you know, I killed two pretty good animals, so it'll be. It'll be several pounds It'll be enough of to it. share. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It'll be it'll be several sacks of sausage. So you came home talking about some uh, different things you had to eat out there. Oh, man. Yeah, we did. So the place we stayed was like a hacienda, like a full-blown, like you were down in Guatemala or anywhere, somewhere yeah. down in Central America or Mexico in this beautiful hacienda. I'm talking like they went down, took architects down there, picked out what they liked about some and come back and built this thing in Texas. And they the kitchen in it. You know me. I'm. That's where I want oh, to hang yeah. out. I wanted to be. I wanted to be where all the excitement was happening. So if I wasn't hunting, the, I was in the kitchen. The the funniest thing was the video you sent me. The thing that you like instead of being like, "I made it. We're good. <laughs> Having a nice time." You're like, "Check out this walk-in cooler." <laughs> <laughs> they had so behind, like you know how these big houses are. They've got like this big kitchen with the island and the the wolf stove and under. Yeah, it was just. It was amazing. Well, they had a big giant butler's pantry behind that. It was like a prep. It was like a prep kitchen behind the kitchen, and then behind that, God, I'd love to have that. Behind that was this big. It looked like a barn door where you slid the barn door, and it's a walk-in cooler, like at a restaurant. I'm wow. talking full blown in the house <laughs> with a <laughs> barn like, door. Yeah, yeah, with a Crazy. sliding barn door. I mean, it was full size. Like this is like what you would see at, at uh, Uncle Bubba's in town or whatever. You know, that's the, that's the kind of cooler they had. So I was like, this is, oh, if I ever make it big, I'm having my own walk-in cooler. Right behind And it was just like one side wall-to-wall beer. And I was like, oh, yeah. I'm in the right place. I'm in the right place, yeah. But that was cool. That was cool. So so the man that owns the place is there. He's like, and it turns out he's from, his name's John. He's from Laurel, Mississippi. Of all the places, he's like some Mississippi boys coming over there. We're going to have a good time. But he loves to cook. He spent a lot of times down in New Orleans. Um, and I asked him what his favorite thing to cook was, and it was like he likes cooking soul food, chicken and dumplings, you know, greens, beans, cornbread, stuff like that. But they also like love doing Mexican food. And he had like he had his own version of Rip that ran the place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for real. Rip. Yeah, yeah. I, I asked him. I said, "Where's your Kimasabi brand?" And I figured he had to have one. He said, "You don't want to go to the train tracks around here." He said, I said, "I believe you. <laughs> it would be easy to lose something up there if you wanted to lose it." So between John that owned it, his his number one man, a couple of the other guys that came, uh, they were they were cooking like all kinds of stuff. So the first night we had we made, we had this awesome soup, and I would have never. He told me to guess what's in it. It was oyster and artichoke, and I didn't. I mean, I didn't get you, it. Was there pieces of oyster? Yeah, in yeah, it? yeah. It was. It was now Could once you I, tell it was oyster? Yeah, once I once I got it and picked it up, it's like, yeah. But it was like creamy. It was almost like a chowder, a kind of oyster artichoke chowder, but it was so rich and so flavorful. And the artichoke had just cooked to where you would. I mean, you couldn't really tell it was artichoke at that point. Yeah, but it was so good. Um, they did, then he did his version of New Orleans barbecue shrimp one night. Whole, I don't know where he flew these shrimp in from, but they were 
giant prawns and he did them up like in, you know, this big, um, roaster pan with the melted butter and lemons and Worcestershire, all the good stuff. And you had this table full of bread that that was the best part, dipping the bread in the butter. Oh, that's you know? always my favorite part. But then, the then we did, um, carne gusada. I'd never had that. So I've had carne gusada, but they did gusada and it was, um, so what they do is they cut up so what's pieces. What's the difference? Gusada is like stew. So okay. it's like, uh, if you think of meat cooked in like almost like a gravy. Tender pieces of meat, and you make tacos with it. And they did like a fresh salsa verde that was fresh pico, all this stuff. But they cooked, they took this chuck roast and kind of browned it up a little bit. And then they put it in, uh, had like a little pressure cooker because this was like cooking it for lunch one day, coming in from hunting. And you, you pressure cooked it for a little bit, got it super tender, and then added this carne gasada seasoning stuff. And it turns it into like in water. And it was not heavily seasoned or anything. That was about it. But it cooks it, and you cook it a little bit more, and it turns into like this thick, gravy almost melt in your mouth beef and then you take it and you ladle it out you know kind of drain some of the gravy off yeah. and build tacos with it. they've had these fresh tortillas they bought so or some lady had made or something yeah and they threw them on their little grill and so you just had these fresh tortillas and taco and when you're talking about this i'm picturing like a debris style po boy kind of but there's no vegetable in it it's just meat it's okay, just meat, it's just meat and, and gravy thick gravy almost that sounds so delicious oh it was <laughs> it was really really good that was one of my favorite things i had but but then and you put like your cilantro and your pico yeah. and your but then this other so there were some people that found out that we were coming and they wanted to just come hang out they're friends with them so i think the whole thing this, this like this guy's it's not like a super commercial hunting ranching thing yeah. he just has this he just has a ranch <laughs> For fun, I think. And so he brings in four or five groups a year, and that's it. It's really, you know, it's it's like family-friendly, you know, friends and family type place. Yeah. But he had some, um, like one of the guys was a doctor that came just to hang out, and he wanted to make us a real, like, pozole. And so he cooked that. What's like, a pozole? It's like a Mexican soup. Okay, okay. Uh, kind of. Like the Mexican hangover soup? Kind of, kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> but it was like cooked down pork. Like he had made this broth with like pork uh, backbone and then like, you know, cooked it all down and then picked all the meat off, put it back in and it's mixed with like hominy. And it's a, it really had a ton of flavors going on. My favorite part about that is you dress it up almost like a bowl of ramen because he had like mandolin sliced radish, um, cabbage. Fresh, you know, jalapeno, cilantro, green onion. So you put it in avocado, there. Avocado, hot sauces. Yeah. So you had it top. You had the bowl of it top, and you put like a ladle of little ladle of crema over it, and you just kind of eat it with tortillas, like fried tor- like chips. So that you add enough <clears throat> stuff to make it kind of thick. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's almost like dressing up your bowl of chili or whatever. Yeah. You yeah. know how you have all the garnishes? Well, the garnish kind of went with the flavors, and it was super. It was really good. Um trying to think what was another oh they did so there's this restaurant that he really liked called loopies or something like that it's like a mexican restaurant i think it it might be a a franchise type place Mm -hmm. but i think it's a higher end one and so they do they're famous for their fajitas and he said i think they're like 45 dollars a pound at the restaurant fajitas like when you so you tell this caliber of restaurant it is i've never been to one so you order your fajitas by the pound well i think this is what they probably call fajitas are 45 (laughs) dollars but but so he went and he bought the skirt steak they had from them and it was super tender and he bought their marinade and he cooked it the same style so you marinated these pieces of skirt steak i don't know how long you marinated them 
took them out and grilled them like he had a, a mesquite fire, like a little fire pit, and built, and built mesquite. a mesquite fire because it was rolling hot. And yeah. then charred those pieces of skirt steak and then took them off to the to his outdoor kitchen. This happened at another outdoor kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> we went to the outdoor bar, and he had like one of these wolf uh, built-in fancy um, propane grills. Got it hot, but he put like this 20-something-inch iron skillet on it. It was getting it really like hot. Like a flat skillet? No, no, it was a deep one. It was. Yeah. Oh, I want one bad. It's like a huge. It makes the best fajitas. And so he would take the and he got that skillet hot and then turned it down low just so it was holding temp. And he sliced up that skirt steak and threw it over in that iron skillet and drizzled it with beef tallow. And the that made fajitas. If you've never, if you've never drizzled fajita meat with beef tallow and then made a taco like you don't even need anything you, there was no vegetables like it didn't have peppers and onions and all this stuff. oh really it was just, just fajita meat? style skirt steak drizzled and then you could top it with the salsa verde or pico whatever you wanted or whatever you wanted to put on it yeah. it wouldn't like fajita vegetables too but it was so rich it had the the marinade gave it like this almost a citrus note and it had you know it just had a lot of flavor and, the, and i didn't see what i don't think he seasoned it i think it was just the fajita marinade and that beef tallow, but it got it so rich. I was like, man, that's genius. I've never done that to fajitas because, you know, normally we would just cut them up and serve them, but you throw them in that hot cast iron skillet. So it kind of sears them. They're still yeah. kind of medium rare, but they sizzle. They're not like well done fajitas like you get at most restaurants. Yeah, yeah. It was like the preparation of it was great. I love the idea of using the the beef tallow. Yeah. Know. Oh, and he warmed it up too. So he had this warm so beef hot. tallow. So was it almost like a liquid when you yeah, put it, it over Yeah, it was straight liquid. Okay. And he drizzled it with it. He said, I bet you don't know what this is. I said, oh, I know exactly what that <laughs> is. And you could, it just left that, I don't know, that beefy flavor that, you know, how bone marrow tastes. It made those fajitas taste like that. Beef and fat's it, the best. Oh, yeah. It was so good. On the planet, yeah. I highly recommend trying that to your fajitas next time. I want to try it. Yeah, no, we're doing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna cook yeah. that for you. I wonder if you could use that same kind of thing and but put it on either a steak or you know something else. I don't see how. You, yeah, you could definitely do that preparation and like on a drizzle ribeye. that, drizzle that over, <laughs> drizzle it. a ribeye with it. I think you know what I think you could do. It would be really good. And I'm probably gonna try this. Is like do a reverse sear, where you you know get your flavor low and slow, and then have your cast iron over there just like you did with the fajita cast iron. And then throw it in there and sizzle it. And then once you flip it that one side, drizzle the whole thing with the beef tallow. And then when you serve it, drizzle just a little more beef tallow. For like a ribeye? Yeah, like a ribeye. And it would be. So you're getting that charcoal-y flavor and the crust yeah, on the. Yep, yep. Or smoked flavor because you could set it there and bring it up super slow, you know. Yeah, yeah. So do a reverse sear, but then drizzle with the beef tallow as you sear it. I think so you're on something a, there. I think so, yeah, too. Okay. It's so kind of like a smoker fried turkey. We're going to try that. Might do it with some deer meat. Like the backstrap cut into steaks and done that way. That's a good idea. Be because really good. deer, I like the flavor of it, but it does have like a dryness. You know, like yeah, it's it lacking doesn't fat. doesn't have fat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That would add something to it. Yeah. Speaking of uh, beef and beef fat, <laughs> you did a Walmart prime rib this I week. I did. That was, that's, that's. Probably the last video of the year right there for Christmas. Um, you know, every year I, I love to cook prime rib around holiday time. I think it just goes to something says Christmas cooking prime rib. Yeah. It's great for serving people. But sometimes you don't want to spend, you know, the money it costs on a whole prime rib. But a whole prime rib feeds a lot of people. If you just have a small family or a small get-together yeah. and you only need, you know, a three or four bone roast, this is the option for you. 
Okay. And I wanted to see if it would be as good. Like, could I go to Walmart or any regular grocery store, yeah. buy one of these prepackaged cut down uh, ribeye roast is what it is, or piece of section of prime rib. It's about, I would say about three or four bones big, you know, it was $65. So it's not cheap. Yeah, it was five pounds. Yeah, it was five pounds. So I would say if you're cutting that into steaks, you can make five 16 ounce steaks. So that's five pounds of steak. Yeah. Um, so that's would, about how much is, you know, what I size like I'm dealing with. Practically serving it, you could probably serve six to eight adults yeah, off of yeah. I think so. Easy. I yeah. think so. A decent portion of, I mean, 10, 12 ounces of prime rib slice is a is a nice dinner-sized portion, <laughs> yeah. you know. Especially when you're serving other stuff, too. Yeah, and everything. exactly. Like, oh, yeah. You got the potatoes and the, I don't know what Badge. else. <laughs> like, man, <laughs> the green beans. The and, Brussels yeah. sprouts, whatever, green mm-hmm. beans, all the stuff that goes with it, salad. But, yeah, so that was, I was thinking, can I tell you, so it's basically like a quarter prime rib. And when you find these in the grocery store, you got to kind of look through them a little bit because some might be the end quarter, some might be the center quarter. I like the center quarter because I know it gives me some good spinalis. Well, how do you know it's the center quarter? You can kind of tell. But if it rounded off, like it come off the tail yeah, end, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? But I always you know, want the, spin- the heavier spinalis. So the heavier spinalis on that prime rib roast is going to be up closer to the chuck or the shoulder end of it instead of back towards the hind quarter end of it. It tails out, you know, and you end up with more just the heart of the ribeye back there. Or it turns into a strip. I want the piece that's got the separate muscles in the in the prime rib. So you have that spinalis that wraps, and then you have the little tri, what do we call the tri heart and steak cooking, the center portion, the ribeye, and then the you know the other little muscle that tails off in there. So that's what I look for. And you went boneless too. <clears throat> yeah, and I went boneless. You could go bony, and they had some bone in ones. But I'm thinking when I pay, you know. I'm trying to cook and save a little money anyway. I want the most meat I can get with spending the least amount of money, and so that's why I chose one that was boneless. I'm not paying for that bone weight. Now, I do like cooking bone-in ribeyes. There's nothing wrong with it. They give it great flavor. Yeah. But for this one, I was just going for most bang for my buck at, like, say, Walmart. Yeah. That was the whole idea. easier to cut up, too. Yeah, and it's easier to slice. You don't have to – like, if I'm doing a bone-in prime rib, often I'll cut the whole all the bones off, like cut thin up against them. Season the prime rib, put those bones back on, and tie it back on as I tie it up. And then I even tie up the boneless ones because I want it to keep that shape. But like if, if you cook a if you cook a prime rib roast and you don't tie it, it has a tendency to kind of flatten out, and it doesn't. You know, so what I'm thinking is I get a better looking piece of meat, mm-hmm. and it kind of keeps it compact, so it cooks even when it's not spreading out, and you don't have that fat separation. Like you know, so. In a, yeah. Really good spinalis piece that you don't tie, that fat will separate, and it'll kind of pull apart from you. So you want it to stay nice and rolled up and compact. Um, so why did you season it the way you seasoned it? Um, I, just, I, I really just, I mean, I love I loved Swine Life Prime Beef. It it's a good. great base. It's- I put a little olive oil on it to make it <laughs> stick like a binder. You know what I should have done? And I don't know why. I've never tried it, but I, I, thinking about it, I should have rubbed that joker down with blue plate. <laughs> Stuck that tried that brisket method. How can it be bad? How could the how could the mayo on the outside of a if it works on a brisket, if it works on chicken or turkey, why yeah. can't why wouldn't it work on a ribeye? That's been trending right now. Mark, Mark did some fillets with it yeah, and said it was mayo excellent. Binders, yeah. yeah, this is a great time. Just talk about Blue Plate, a proud is. sponsor yeah, of the How, how to Barbecue Bar- Right podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's the best mayo on the planet. Made where? In New Orleans. Yeah, it's the it's hey it's the official mayonnaise of the New Orleans Saints. If you didn't know. <laughs> 
I wonder if they're the first like NFL sponsored mayonnaise. Period. I don't know. <laughs> See, I, I, like, I wonder if like the Carolina Panthers have their own mayonnaise over there. <laughs> Did they have Dukes? Uh, yeah, <laughs> they probably do. They don't. They're missing out. Every team should be sponsored by mayonnaise. Heck yeah. Are there There's enough mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, out unite, there? mayonnaise eaters unite. I bet. Do you think they have big tailgates of just like? Blue plate sponsored tailgates down there in New Orleans. Oh, I hope so. If they do, I, we're going. I, I we're just going to show up. Like I've never been to a Saints game, so I'd love to go. <laughs> yeah, but would you go tailgate? Would you go tailgate with blue plate? Heck yeah, that'd be, that'd be it. Tailgate with blue plate in New Orleans. That, you know, it'd be Paul Boys. It, oh, it is. It really is. Let me go talk to my people. Tyler, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> tell them you got, a, you got an idea. The had a barbecue blue plate the tailgate. If they play the Vikings, any I can go. I don't know if they'd, they'd get mad at me if I was pulling for the other team. <laughs> yeah, let's go play somebody else that you don't care. Yeah. Um, but you did, you you went um, olive oil. So I went, yeah, I went beef. olive oil, prime beef, and then I made up uh, I made up my own little herb seasoning. And, you know, oftentimes with prime rib, I'll chop up some fresh herbs, garlic, and stuff like that, and make this kind of herb coating on the outside. Well, instead of, I, uh, instead of doing that, I used dehydrated herbs. So I started with, like, some of my TX seasoning so I could get that coarse salt coarse pepper because any like a big piece of meat dense piece of meat like a prime rib all your seasonings on the outside so you got to put the salt put the pepper to could it you, to get the flavor okay. could you inject a prime rib i've seen people do it i've seen them use like the garlic like where you can inject whole cloves into yeah. it with the syringe and stuff i just don't think i don't want my prime rib to be injected like that. that would work like, yeah say like a brisket injection in there just i don't think that i think that would overpower because yeah. i want i want the the beefiness of the the prime rib itself, the ribeye flavor, but I want my seasoning on the outside so that when yeah. I cut me a bite, I leave a little bit of the edge to get me a center cut That's bite. That's And it all blends well. But if you heavily season the outside, that flavor, you know, kind of courses through as you eat it. So for the outside, I started with some TX, and then I used the Alfragoni's uh, chimichurri because it's got all the herbs and stuff in there. And I said, That's going to make a really look good on the outside because it's like cilantro and parsley uh-huh. and. It's dehydrated made to peppers make and a stuff. chimichurri, and it makes yeah. an awesome oh, yeah. chimichurri. But, it, but we use it for potatoes, <laughs> I use, I chicken, <laughs> any, wings, <laughs> rib. I put it on anything. Anything I want a herb bump to, I put that on I it. don't know what it is about the balance of herbs that he's got yeah. in there that's, I don't know if it's fresher or yeah, what. Just, I don't know. I think it just works because they, they re, like when you're cooking with it, they kind of absorb some of the meat juice and they mm-hmm. reconstitute. They're not, they don't stay crunchy and herby yeah. like you're trying to eat. You know, some dried up grass, or it's not like that. They they cook down and they turn into just a nice crust on the outside. Also added a little dehydrated garlic and dehydrated onion, not pow- not granulator powder. I wanted the little flakes, yeah, because it was about texture. I had my salt, pepper, garlic element from you know the prime beef from the TX, but the other stuff just kind of makes that crust, and that's what I was going. It was like a herb crusted prime rib roast. So it was beautiful. Oh yeah. I tied it up, and I'm no fancy butcher tire. I just cut me some lengths of string, go around it, and spread them out, and tie them tight. And it holds it perfect. You and put there, three there. Yeah. Three yeah, it was three it. or four, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, would you say cooking prime rib is easy? Oh, very easy. If you got a good meat Well, thermometer. people are kind of intimidated yeah, by Yeah, well, one, it costs so dang much. Yeah. Like, this one come from Walmart still cost me $65. It wasn't like it was on sale, or that's what it was on sale for. Yeah. So, I mean, what is that? Eleven, twelve dollars a pound? Yeah, it's a little over. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At five, yeah. So that was so you look when you're paying that much for meat, it's been intimidating it off the start. Because yeah. what if you screw it up? So what I found is one, don't overcook them. That's all that's the only way you mess them up is overcook them. So invest in a 
you know, $30 dot thermometer. Those things are super accurate. You can stick it right in the middle and you can watch it come up the whole time and stop it and then just let it rest. So that's all I did. I put my grill on, what was it, 250 that day, I think? Do you remember, Tyler? It actually was in the video because there's people in the comments asking for it as well. Oh, yeah, I, really? think it was two, I thought it was on 250. I wasn't on super slow because I wanted it to get done two or three hours. So it was like 250. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I, even notice that. I had some. Me neither. I just had some hickory pellets in there, and and the I cooked this one on silverback. I was, oh, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. I cooked it on a grill of silverback. And hey, I'm gonna tell y'all right now, uh, I'm not getting any kind of compensation for it. <laughs> but they have. I saw it on Facebook. Six hundred and seventy-five dollars. You can get the grill of silverback right now. The non-Wi-Fi one. That's the steal of the year. That's a really good wow. deal. Heck yeah. Where else can you get that grill for? And it's a good grill. You oh, like it's a it? Dang good grill. Yeah. I love cooking on it. I got the one I have now is the Wi-Fi model, but I mean, I, 250 degrees. Put some hickory pellets in there, rocked and rolled, and about an hour. Put my probe in, watched the temperature come up. Took it off when it got to like you know 120 ish is what I look for in prime rib in the center. That way, it's got the edges maybe a little more. Yeah, but the center's gonna be perfect, and I let it rest for about an hour. Oh, you didn't let it rest that long. I tried to get you to let it rest an hour. Well, I put it aluminum foil over it and let it sit out there on the counter as long as I could stand. <laughs> I pulled me off a little bit of crust. It was starting to like get dark. And- pulled me off a little bit of crust, tasted it, and then my mouth got the water. Like, Come on, let's just wrap this up. Last video. Let's wrap it up. Let's see how good it is. And I'm telling y'all, man, for Walmart meat, it was- now it says it's Angus on the package, what did it say on that package? It wasn't I think it was like black Angus. Walmart, yeah, Angus. yeah. Walmart, Walmart black. Man, I ain't mad at it. It's not Kevin's, bet you know, yeah. prime oh, yeah. the, from the butcher shop, prime prime rib or Wagyu prime rib like like I cooked last year, but it's right up there for sixty five bucks. For sixty five bucks, I ain't gonna lie. <laughs> if I want now, if I wanted to impress everybody and cook something that was you know super special, yeah, I'm gonna call Kevin up and order something from him. But if I'm just wanting to cook something for you know us to eat on, and well, we did, some people don't have that budget either. Yeah, some people, yeah. I mean, who who can spend two hundred fifty bucks or six hundred fifty or whatever you know that wagyu would cost? Yeah. But so that's a it's a great option, uh, and that and that's what I wanted to show. Could I cook something that's on the lower? I would say lower end of when you go to a grocery store, grocery store beef, and make it turn into something that that was just that would you be happy to serve that at you Christmas? could get at a fancy yeah. restaurant. Or that you would be happy to serve. At, at I've, I've been impressed with Walmart's meat so, this year, so specifically their steaks and beef. I have I have bought some ribeyes from a grocery store, and when you get them, they just feel tight. They feel tough. The mouth feels obviously not as tender as you know a good piece of meat that you spend money. It's way on. too red. <clears throat> yeah, it's way too red. And but this one was not, and I and I was skeptical. Because when I felt of it, it felt pretty soft, and I think that's when you're shopping for beef like that, and you can touch the through the cryovac even squeeze it. See how the meat feels raw when you you know when you get it home and you're working on a steak. If you feel it and it feels super tight, it's probably going to be tight when you cook it. It's not going to get any more tender. You, you can get over that by letting it sit in some of the salts and peppers, or using a jacquard on it and trying to get it tender if you want to. That's just some tricks that I that I've used before, but if you start with it and it feels like it's pretty tender in the package, it's probably going to be pretty tender when you cook it. Now, I don't know you this one, maybe, maybe, maybe Walmart aged these and didn't know it. <laughs> maybe, you know, I didn't see a pack date on it. Maybe it'd been sitting there a while. Cause nobody wanted to give $65 for it, you know, um, when you were, picking but it was them perfect. Up I mean, what, so what, 
What did you think when you cut? So I know you were pretty skeptical that that was going to be good. You was like, you didn't know about this idea. It's probably not going to be a good prime rib. I'm skeptical about all your ideas. But <laughs> tasting that, if you didn't know, what would you have thought? This is a daggum good prime rib. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. It was. I mean, soft. we ate it for dinner that night. We ate. We ate some of it for dinner. And we made sandwiches with it. I mean, we still had a lot left over because I, I made you know. me and Michael a prime rib and spinach omelet this week. Oh, really? While it's gone. <laughs> yeah, while you were gone. Dang, I was eating good breakfast. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Get that protein in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I have one bone to pick about prime rib that, and I, I guess it's when we film it. Every time we film it, doesn't matter what temperature you take it off, when you slice it, it always looks more done, than more it is. done yeah. than it is. I don't know if it's the lighting or the it, camera. I think it's the lighting and ox- the way it oxidizes. Because if you notice, there, if you notice once you cut it and it gets exposed to more air, all the rareness shows. Yeah. And when you first slice into it and you're trying to get that money shot or whatever. It sometimes it does look like it's a low, even though I know, you know I know it's not over. It just sometimes looks like that. But, but then you get some people that say, "Oh, that's way too bloody." Yeah, you don't want to <laughs> see it like that. It's got all that blood. Why don't you bleed that cow? I was like, "Well, if you think bleeding is going, yeah. it's just meat juice. It's not. Yeah. It's not blood." When I worked at Longhorn, that was like the number one steak that came back. That was either overdone or underdone, and there was no in between. Like everybody yeah. would send it back. This is yeah. way too bloody. It's just it's you just know. And I think that's different. why you don't see. Prime rib on a lot of restaurants because people fight. They fight with them constantly. Mm-hmm. Can you yeah. imagine all the sendbacks? Oh yeah. Well, when it hits that? your plate and if it's a little more red than you like, yeah, yeah. or a little more brown than you like, yeah, hundred percent. That's right. Did the y'all, one did y'all do it like uh, what do they call it? Pittsburgh style or Outback style? The way they put the se- after they cut it, they'll mm-hmm. season it and then put it on there for people that don't want to see the red. Yep, yep. We did yeah. have Pittsburgh style. We didn't have a lot of people order that, um, but they actually ended up taking it off the menu, and I'm assuming that's that's why, why because yeah, well, I mean, so much waste. If you ended up giving it away or yeah. having to cut another piece, you can't reserve that piece of prime yeah. rib. What are you going to do with it? Yep. Did you ever take some home? Oh yeah, I, I love it. And honestly, they said I really this liked was not it. cooked right. We're gonna set it over here. <laughs> so. I loved their prime rib. It was like they did like a seven pepper seasoning on the outside and stuff. Like yeah. it was delicious. They had great creamy horseradish sauce. I ate a lot of prime rib when I worked really? there. Well, and this is Longhorn. This is Longhorn. Yeah. yeah. Now Outback had, does something very similar. They, yeah. yeah, the Outbacks always had you get Outback style or just regular. I don't mind that. I would order it rare Outback style. That way it had to be a little under, and then yeah. they would throw it on there with the seasonings and kind of just sear the outside real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, would they cook a whole prime rib daily? Yep. Mm-hmm. yep. Uh, that was kind of It was only available after 4 o'clock because just the way that it cooked yeah. in the morning to the afternoon, and it was just until we ran and out. They, see, and they always run out of prime rib. Every restaurant does that. Yeah. It's like we, we might not have it if you show up here at 8 o'clock to want prime rib. Yeah. It's because they're not cooking. It's not something you could – yeah, you do anything with if you yeah. don't if you don't sell it all. It's not like you can hold it and warm it back up and serve it the next day. And we served it like all the way up to twenty ounces. So if you have a twenty ounce comeback, I mean you're going wow. you're blowing through it real fast because you're mm-hmm. giving and then you're yeah, giving away yeah. for free. So I guess I do understand why they took it away. It just stinks because it was such a good like it's such a good corporate yeah. prime rib. You know, yeah. Underground had a good prime rib here in town. I don't mm-hmm. know if they still do, but yeah, I think they still do that every Friday good. Saturday. Really good. I'm a I'm a big fan of prime rib. You served uh, yours with for when we had it for dinner. You mixed you mixed up a quick uh, horseradish sauce. Yeah, oh, I love the horseradish mayo. It's I use what is that? I use like well, blue plate mayo start, <laughs> and then fresh horseradish. Um, sometimes I'll buy like the private selection creamy horseradish and put just a squeeze of that off in there. Put a little hot sauce and some cracked black pepper, 
and just a just a dash or two of Worcestershire, and you stir it all up, and it's so you get that punch from the fresh, you know, the fresh ground. Well, I don't guess it's fresh horseradish. What do you call it? It's in a little jar. Prepared, prepared, prepared horseradish. horseradish. I'll put like two big tablespoons of that in there. And I never really, I've got some recipes where I've done it before on sandwiches and stuff. Most of the time I just whip it up by eye. Yeah. I might taste it a little bit and see if it's right. I want it to have, I like, a, I don't know who's thought of that, but serving horseradish prime rib is pretty dick genius. It goes. I know. Fantastic. It goes really well. But, I mean, I like as you served with it too. Do you like as you with it? I want them both. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. I want them both. I'm not a fan of horseradish at all, but something about when you make it a little creamy and mix it with that <laughs> rare beef, it's good. Um, so while you were gone, your official Kentucky Colonel membership card came in. Oh, dear. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they said it was going to take months. It hasn't been that long. They saw who it was, and so oh, we got to get, get this guy's automatic again. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, so I'm a card carrier member of the you Kentucky card carrier carrier Colonel. Me- so I started looking on their website this week um, about you know. What is the Kentucky Colonel, and and what are your responsibilities and duties as a Colonel? As a Colonel, well, a friend of ours we have Colonel meetings. <laughs> a friend of ours said it was the drinking man's highest honor. The drinking man, is a, hey, I'm okay with that. The drinking man's highest honor. <laughs> um, but officially, they're a group who enjoys an occasional celebration. Oh, not an occasion, <laughs> a regular. Um, they enjoy getting gathering and celebrating with each other, but the primary objective is to support needy Kentucky charities and worthy organizations. Oh, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Let me tell you some of the famous Kentucky colonels out there. Colonel uh, is Sanders one? Harlan Sanders? Yeah. Well, that's, that's actually stop yeah. right there. <laughs> Harlan Sanders. You know they say he was a real something. <laughs> like, he was not an easy guy to get along with. Uh, we watched that yeah. documentary. Yeah. yeah. Who else? Um, Trey Anastasio. You know who that is? Fish? Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah, Princess Anne. Huh. Um, Mario Andretti. Yeah. yeah. Fred Astaire. Um, they're pretty good company. Hang yeah, on yeah. The Pope Benedict. Yeah, I'm still alive. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're all like. <laughs> I'm sure. Both the Bushes, Senior, and what, uh, what about Jeb? Jeb's not on here oh, at all. <laughs> he doesn't seem like Cardinal Material. <laughs> <laughs> Lloyd Bridges. <laughs> I like Lloyd Bridges. He, um, he was an airplane man, wasn't he? Jimmy Conn. James Conn. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Carter. There's a lot of colonels. George Clooney. Bill Clinton. Wow. Wow. That's a president's on you. I know. Yeah, I know a lot of this, yeah, <laughs> Billy pretty, Ray Cyrus. This is a pretty good <laughs> Billy Ray. <laughs> they lost me on that one. Johnny Depp. <laughs> Johnny Depp's a Kentucky colonel. Yeah. Maybe he acted like one or something. Jeff Foxworthy. That one seems. I can see him. Yeah, yeah. Clark Gable. There's a. It's a pretty good list. Of I got to get you on this list. <laughs> <laughs> and Malcolm Reed. Yeah. <laughs> like, Who's oh, that guy? Who's that guy? The guy from Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> the Next Generation. He's never knew he was into bourbon. There's a Malcolm. That's a joke. There's a Malcolm Reed that's a famous yeah, from Star Trek. Yeah. Like if you look it up with I'm the sure that L. Guy hates me. <laughs> it's like nobody can find him on Google. Like, look at, used to be when you Google, like when I first, like this is 20 years ago, I Google myself, it'd be the Star Trek guy. And now it's like he's way down. Like, page, page eight. I done bumped him to like page eight on Google. You think he gets tired of people being like, hey man, uh, what's that recipe for AP? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> 
Probably hates barbecue. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I am not a turkey hotline. <laughs> if for some reason you listen to this podcast, shoot us an email. We'll get you in. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so as my duties of Kentucky Colonel, when do I get to have my first soiree? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm a love a good soiree. Yeah. I got to get me a coat. Have you seen the K- Colonel coats? They get done with the uh-uh. things on the shoulders and everything. Oh, it's a thing. Oh, yeah, oh, no. it's a colonel jacket, <laughs> not a white one either. Like the white one's like the the dress for Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about the official one. It's like a navy jacket. Oh no, I haven't seen that. Oh yeah, we'll get it. We'll get it. I call my tailor. <laughs> I was going to tell you this when we had the event and you were officially presented as a Kentucky colonel. Um, you kind of made a joke about what are you? Oh yeah, that's right. You're the general, and everybody laughed. <laughs> And that's when I realized, like, I know I have the reputation as the general yeah. around the office, <laughs> yeah. but people I do not know. Think you're the general? You're the general. <laughs> think I'm a general. It's one. hard being right all the time, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that's a big burden to bear, Shell. You're right all the time. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm dusted out of that. Don't ask me. Ask Shell. She knows what's right. <laughs> She's had everything else right. <laughs> <laughs> everything right. <laughs> I just do barbecue. I know you're making fun of me, but I still I'm enjoy not. it. <laughs> I still enjoy it. <laughs> we need to get you a shirt that says out of everything else. I love that. Yeah, that's great. Out of everything, out of everything else. else, right. So um, did you check out the community page lately? I did. Well, not since I was in Texas. I didn't have internet. Yeah. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, the coolest thing that I saw, what, did y'all see the rabbit? Mm-hmm. Stuffed with like apples and onions and, and man and wrapped in bacon. You that have looked, some rabbits in the freezer. I know. That's what I was thinking. I'd have never thought you could do them like that. Yeah. I've only quartered them up and like made rabbit and dumplings or stew or something. I've never had rabbit before. Yeah. Must have tasted good. Like? Yeah, chicken. Yeah. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Tastes like what you put on it. You yeah. don't really have a. Like it would t- you wouldn't taste like a piece of meat cooked and say, oh, that's rabbit. Yeah. 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 No, it just tastes like what you'd think it would taste like. Every time I've ever had it, it, it was either in well, It's a little hoppy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little hoppy. Do you like IPAs? <laughs> I like rabbit. <laughs> I just got the joke. <laughs> it's not even a good joke. <laughs> it needs a tissue behind yeah. it. <laughs> um. So I saw somebody using cinnamon rolls and chili. Yeah, I told y'all that that was on there. It's not just the Arkansas thing. And you know who I think? Somebody shared that. But the original post of it was Alton Brown. And he was in, was it Nebraska or Iowa or somewhere? And they were taking, it looked like like a Wendy's cup of chili, but it it was some restaurant there, had a cinnamon roll. And they were, I've never seen that. Like when we had it, when growing up, the ladies auxiliary always did these chili dinners and some half the ladies would make pans of cinnamon rolls and like yeast rolls. I'm talking about, there would be a, this the table, good, the good stuff. They would let the bread rise and then they roll it out on a table like this and they'd have all that butter and cinnamon and sugar, spread it all on it and roll it all up. And then they were these, uh, they might not have been Texas side. They were Arkansas size cinnamon mm-hmm. rolls, <laughs> but they were heat. They were awesome. And they let them rise a little bit and bake them. But they'd make these big pots of chili, and you would get a bowl of chili and a cinnamon roll inside. And there was something so you just about took a bite here and a yeah. I mean, you could eat here. it after. You could eat your cinnamon roll first, and then it, it, there wasn't no <laughs> there, was there wasn't no directions. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I never saw one person dump the chili over the cinnamon roll. I'm not saying it's wrong, but I mean, of course they'd have crackers and stuff to go with chili. Yeah. But 
I don't know if the cinnamon roll was supposed to be a dessert, but when you think about it, that cinnamon flavor goes a little and a little sweet goes with chili. It really does. Because yeah. I mean, chili, you know, has different complex flavors. There's even some people that put like cocoa in their chili to give it a depth of flavor. So it goes with it. So I, saw I would try next time I do chili. I'm gonna get me a warm cinnamon roll from like donut place in town. Mm-hmm. Spoon some chili over and see how it is. I've never had cinnamon rolls and chili. Would you try it? Heck yeah. I'm down. Down? I'll try anything once. Uh, I saw somebody doing pimento cheese and chili. That was, now I can see that. I love that idea. Homemade pimento cheese, a little blue plate action in it. Yeah. The white, what if you did the white jalapeno uh, pimento cheese? That might be. And then topped it in the chili because it's going to get creamy. It's going to make your chili cream. Because I always put cheese and sour cream on my chili anyway. Yeah. I like it like that. So you could do like a, what if you did a cilantro jalapeno pimento cheese? Don't even use pimento. What would it be called Ooh, then? That would be good. Don't put pimentos in it. Like, you know. Just make it cilantro-y. Maybe yeah. some jalapenos. Yeah. And mix it all up. And make your cheese like that for your chili cheese. Oh, that's a Chili good cheese idea. spread or whatever. See, I just saw people putting straight up dollops of mayonnaise in it instead of sour cream. I'm, I like that. Saw people. Look. <laughs> <laughs> I have I've never, never seen nothing like that in my life. No. So I, was like, I was like, you want sour cream, cheese, maybe a little? No, just the mayonnaise. Give me the jar of blue plate, <laughs> chili, maybe a few crackers. You put, you just smear it on your. Oh, yeah. Then you you have it as a it on side. Your saltine. Like, yeah. Oh. Or you can do the sque- <laughs> squeeze bottle of blue plate and squeeze it on your crackers and then spread it out. You I've tried seen that. it. I've, I'm not gonna lie. I tried it. It's good. <laughs> it's good. He what else? So it. what else did somebody? They had us putting mayonnaise in. Uh, it was it was on cornbread. I'd never seen that before. We were at deer camp, and Mikey said, "I was like, you want some butter for your cornbread?" And he says, "No, get the mayonnaise." And I was like, "What? You put mayonnaise on cornbread? Oh yeah, you bust a slice of cornbread open. Like you know, you cook it in a yeah. cast iron skillet, cut it in triangles." Still hot. Bust that dude open instead of putting butter on it, put mayonnaise on it and top it back, and it melts and it's re- oh man, I'm it changed my it changed my corn the way I I've eaten, been eating cornbread wrong all my life. I've always <laughs> put butter on it. I've never tried that. I love cornbread, hot cornbread, yeah. not the one that's got the sweet flavor. It's got to be the almost bitter. <laughs> yeah, you don't want the cornbread cake style. Uh, yeah, I like it. My mom makes she always puts sugar in it. She likes, I mean, she puts a little. Yeah, hers but is more sweet. for balance. Yeah. yeah. Like a jalapeno cornbread. That's like yeah. my, like a savory, yeah. spicy one. A little cheese in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also saw somebody using Japanese barbecue sauce to marinate their Oh, roots. I saw that post, too. I thought that was a good idea. Like, Tyler, what's the name of that sauce? Uh, Kik- no, not Kikamins. That's uh, the other one. No, it's a ja- it's You're ja- talking about the one that's Japanese got a white barbecue label? Sauce. Yeah. And I sell like it at grocery little... stores now, but yeah. we got some bottles of it back there. Jacob's looking it up. Yeah. I forget what it's called, but... But anyway, Bakken's. but it, yeah, that's Bakken. it. That's it. They use that. I'm assuming that because it said Japanese barbecue sauce. I'm assuming they marinated uh, flats and drums in it, and then seasoned it with barbecue rub. It said they said they rub, had their own rub, yeah, and then vortexed it. And man, those wings look good. Like I could see an Asian wing like that having those flavors. Being that's that's a great idea. I like Asian. And then you don't toss them in sauce because it already has that. I mean, it's gonna have that soy sauce, ginger, all those flavors, you know. From that Japanese, that's some good sauce. Too. I love that barbecue sauce. I like the one with the green label, though. I'm, I'm not sure which one that is. But yeah, that's my favorite one. I like it over the regular. Have y'all ever had like chili oil at a Asian restaurant? Oh yeah, mm-hmm. that would probably get dipped in the 
I like the, I like the Thai chili oils where they give you out the it's like a little carousel of Thai. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's like it a gets chili increasingly oil yeah. painful. You got to watch each side. <laughs> One of them's like the super hot, nothing but little Szechuan or Thai chilies yeah. mm-hmm. ground up. We had some little. I think they're called chili pekins, um, but they're. They're like little bitty bird peppers, and I guess they call them bird peppers because birds eat them and poop, and they grow on like fence lines where birds sit. Yeah, <laughs> but they're like these little round. They almost look like berries, but, yeah, it's but they're pepper, peppers, and they dry them out. And you like surprise people about crushing them up and putting them in stuff, or just leaving them whole and not digging. Are them they out. hot? Oh, they're super hot, super hot. Or to me, they're super hot. Yeah, but they got a lot of flavor. That's why they're good. So we were cutting just a, you know a little bit of it and putting it in some of the pasolas, and it was just really really good. I'm surprised birds eat those. I wonder <clears> if it's like they think it's a barrier. Oh, they say like you that. don't want to eat a turkey that's been eating on them. Oh, really? <laughs> that's what they, t- they said. Man, yeah, they grow wild out there. Yeah, you know, some certain parts of Texas. I wonder. Or I guess, down I guess birds don't have. I guess they have heat. They spud. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. They must like them. Um. Maybe they're sweet when they're young. Or yeah. Yeah. Um. I also saw somebody did smoked turkey pies with their leftover turkey. That's a good idea. Yeah. Did you see those? Man. Yeah. Oh, the the it looked like it was cooked in a pie plate, right? And it was yeah. all brown and yeah. stuff on yeah. top. Yeah. I've never had turkey beautiful. pie that looked that good. Ours was ours was always in a big casserole dish with like dumplings on top. Yeah. Almost. Dumplings yeah. on top. I, I hadn't had turkey pot pie in so long. That, that was one of the better things I I liked about. Leftovers at Thanksgiving. I love pot pies, man. Yeah. The best. Do you ever do those frozen pot pies? I used yep. to. I grew up kid. on them. I did, too. <laughs> I did, too. We they figured out like... how to cook them in a the microwave and then put them in the broiler to get the top brown. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you do? Because they take like 45 minutes I was going to say, if you something. ever cooked a real pot pie in the oven, it's like 45, Even the little minutes. ones, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I hated waiting that long. So we would put it like in a little bowl, like a... Um, Corningware bowl or whatever, something that's microwave that takes some heat in the microwave, seven minutes and it comes out. But it's, if you eat it right then, it's all doughy and stuff. But you can take that corningware and go in the oven on broil and it browns and gets the top crunchy. So you, the bottom crust is still kind of soggy, but it's soggy in the little tin anyway. Yeah. Did y'all grow up having those little tins everywhere? Yeah. Like, yeah, <laughs> by, yeah. By tins? Mm-hmm. My granny used them for everything. That's what we played with. <laughs> That's how you fed the cat. Yeah, that's how you fed <laughs> yeah. the cat. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Pot pie tins. They still sell those? Uh, I think I they come know. in like, it's like it's a cardboard paper. kind yeah. of something. Yeah. I think they cut, like last time I had one, it didn't even have the, I was upset because it didn't have the bottom crust. Yeah. It was just a top crust with all the stuff. And I was like, man, they rip it. That's, I guess that's how they're still selling them cheap. Yeah. You still get them for like a quarter. Yeah, you bought a like, bunch. Yeah, we had those and the like. Tony's or Totito's pizza, the little yeah. four for a dollar pizzas back in the day. I lived up with those in college. Yeah, yeah. pot pies and pizza, frozen pizzas, French bread pizzas was and burritos. Yeah. yeah, I never liked the pot pies. They took too long to cook. I should learn to microwave. I, didn't have the I did. I will say that they were like they were hard to heat up. Like I remember it was you. It, you either went from frozen to like boiling hot. There yeah. was really no in between. Yeah, then you had to let them cool off before you could eat them. Oh yeah, was, man, you never had. <laughs> it was an hour commitment. Roof of your tongue, <laughs> yeah, roof of your mouth scalded off with hot turkey pot pie. <laughs> Those things would be so hot. It was like we had beef, chicken, and turkey. That was the three. I think we always ate the turkey last. Beef would go first. Yeah, that was the first. The one. Then you do chicken, and then the turkey would be left. Um, 
one other thing that I wanted to see. You remember um, it was a guy named Jonathan, and he had built something he called the Conan Bar- the Barbarian, and um, it was a, a barbecue spit turner. Oh, out of, with the wood and the big gears and all that? Yeah. It was, up, it was out in Montana. Yeah, okay. And he was going to butterfly a whole bison and cook it. Did he do it? I don't know. I just commented uh, on his post. So I'm, what's up with that? What's up with that? I need updates <laughs> He's probably got six foot of snow now. It's <laughs> yeah. like, we're not... <laughs> We're going to do that in the summer. We're going to have to only got like a month or two up there where they can do stuff like that. No, I definitely want to see that. That was a cool – it looked like a Lincoln Log experiment or something. (laughs) It did. Yeah. It was really pretty. It was big, yeah, big wood posts and had these gears to turn. Can you imagine cooking like a buffalo on that thing? The the thing is somebody's got to be moving it the whole time. Oh, they've got to have – Talking about tending a fire. It's got to have some gear reduction or something that's easy to turn or something, but you can't spin a buffalo that fast. <laughs> you know? You just could, I don't think you can do it. But, well, this will be our last podcast for the year. For the year. 2020. This is a, how many do we do this year? Does anybody know? 40. This is 40. Number four. Wow. That's probably the most we've ever made through a season. Probably. It's 40 yeah. hours. At least since I've been here, yeah. Yeah. 40 hours. 40 hours of talking on a podcast. Wow. It's been a good year. We need to do uh, a year wrap, like Tyler. Are you going to get that working? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think actually, so I got one for Buck Junkies that was like, it showed us all our top fans and stuff. So yeah. one of y'all should have the Spotify one for How to Barbecue Right podcast. Oh, and we okay. Can share. Oh, okay. So okay. I'll have to share that. Oh, yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, I was, but I was thinking like the best moments. Of, oh, yeah. no Best moments yeah. of season, what season is this? Six? Season five. Five. Season five, okay. And uh, yeah, Jacob's got that in the works right now. So. Okay, mm-hmm. good deal. So that's uh, be cool. Let's be like a highlight. Yeah, highlight reel. Should come out like right next close to like, New of, Year's. Best of yeah. blue plate segments. <laughs> <laughs> we just put a clip together. For blue plate highlight reel. Hey, yeah. it paid off. <laughs> <laughs> it did. We want to thank Blue Plate Mayonnaise for coming on board with the How to Barbecue Right spot. They, so they were on board the last, would you say, quarter? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, Q4. From, you know, like from October to the end of the year. So maybe. Maybe they'll be back next year. We'll see. Um, so what do you got planned for Christmas? Um, duck hunting. <laughs> I've ki- so I've killed two. I've killed, I guess, three deer. One of them was a fallow. But, and I've killed a doe. So I've got a lot of deer meat. To, I, I'm going to make it. I've got my mom and dad slaughtered a hog. So she's bringing me. Hey, Sadie. She's bringing me a bunch of pork fat. And I'm going to make some summer sausage a bunch of different ways and try some recipes. I've got an idea. For a product to come out like my summer sausage mix, and I want to see like with the high heat cheese and the dehydrated jalapenos and all that. Yeah, so, yeah. So I'm gonna go into like sausage making. I'm gonna be cooking some wild game stuff, working on some recipes. Of course, we'll cook some stuff at the house for Christmas. We always, you know, do. You got anything on? We were talking about it today. We have no yeah, plan. No. I don't have plan, but you know, I love doing my beef uh, tenderloin mm-hmm. and, and pork tenderloins for Christmas. So we might have fallow deer. <laughs> <laughs> backstrap <laughs> slip that in on everybody i don't know if everybody like it but, what's the one thing uh, what's the one food item you looking the most forward to at christmas do you have uh, anything in mind i'm looking forward to your i have not done this yet but i like your um sausage ball recipe oh yeah that's good it's probably the best sausage ball recipe i've ever done two things just jumped in my mind all right breakfast casserole for christmas morning yeah. i hadn't had that probably since last christmas <laughs> yeah. and then uh Party mix or trash. I hadn't even thought about that. God, I love trash. <laughs> Do y'all like it's Chex Mix? But we make it homemade. We make it spicy and a lot of Worcestershire in it. And 
We do like a sweet Chex Mix. I don't think I've ever done a spicy one. Though. Oh, yeah. Uh, really? It's like real Worcestershire and spicy. Yeah. It has and... the little Melba toast in it and pecans and hmm. all that Let's stuff. That. I know. You surely you've had that before. I ate an unhealthy amount of Shell's spinach dip the other oh. day. So Which one? Last week, Tyler said he'd never had the cold. So. That's great. Hawaiian. <laughs> I told you that before I left out of town. Tyler said he never had that. And I made it and brought it to work. With the bread and everything? Yeah. Yep. What, so what was the verdict? It was so good. Like, did you I, never have that? No, for real? never. That, that was definitely the first time, and I just I did not have any. So what do you do it with the Hawaiian roll, yeah. too? Yeah. What did, roll. So what do you like better? Hot hot spinach and artichoke dip or cold spinach dip now that you've had it? That's really hard. I know. They're equal. Did you make they're kind of different, but like... Yeah. That's a definitely a contender for time. So explain what you're talking about when you say cold spinach dip. It's a nor it's a Norse vegetable soup mix. Comes uh, in a little b- green and yellow box yeah. packet. They get they they're everywhere this time of year. Uh, sixteen ounces of sour cream, a pack of frozen spinach, which I heat mine up, almost cook my spinach beforehand. Um, no blue plate. A couple blue plate mayonnaise and some green onions, and I think that's it. Wow. And then you let it sit, though, right? Yeah, the key is you got to let it sit overnight. That's crazy. Yeah, it was uh, it was so good. Like I, I gave some to my wife, and she loved it as well. Yeah. So, well, awesome. Your dogs, out yeah. Of hold control. on, my dogs out of control. <laughs> Here's some wires acting away. <laughs> I hear my wires pulling. I was like, what's my dog doing? <laughs> no, but I love that spinach dip too. And it's all I rem- from when I remember it. They used to put water chestnuts in it. Ugh. Never was crazy about it because it gives it like this weird crunch. Yeah, but I, uh, you can. That's optional. I say leave it out. They're so tasteless to yeah. me. But mm-hmm. did so? Did you do it where you buy the Hawaiian bread bowl? I don't think because that make was those the first. Anymore. Surely they do. I haven't seen them in years. Really? That's a, that was the only product. That's how I knew King's Hawaiian. Was this? Did y'all, do you remember that, Tyler? It was, it was a, a bowl. Big... It was like a round loaf, like kind of ball, hmm. and you would take and hollow out the center of it. Mix that dip up, set it overnight, put it, then scoop it all out in the center of that bowl, and you would save all the little pieces you tore out, and that's how you, people ate it. You'd get some of that, spoon of that, and you'd eat it with it. And that was spinach dip. Yep. I had that. I remember having that spinach dip before the spinach artichoke appetizer dip was ever a thing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, that was a thing. We just didn't yeah. know about it, I guess. These were just slider rolls that I just kept breaking apart, getting the scoop, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, like, and I went but back for a second. They're third. great with corn like chips. They're great with tortilla chips. It's great with crackers. Yeah, you can even dip celery and carrots in it if you want to stay healthy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> as healthy as the sour cream. The blue plate's healthy. Yeah, yeah. it's keto. <laughs> it is keto. I think. It's my excuse. <laughs> well, that about wraps us up today. Yeah, boy. Well, hey, Tyler, while we're gone, tell everybody where they can catch up, find all the episodes and everything else. Hey, guys, here's a quick tip for you guys. We will be having episodes of the Buck Junkies podcast uh, featured over on the Buck Junkies podcast channel over on YouTube. So you can catch up with what Malcolm's up to until then. But in the meantime, you can go to howtobbqwrite.com for all of Malcolm's favorite recipes, find tons of stuff to cook for this Christmas to wow everybody at the party, and then go hang out on the Let's Get to Cooking page and let us see all those delicious holiday recipes that you guys had coming out. Definitely, definitely post up all that Christmas cooking. We'd love to see that. Heck Sh- yeah, it's inspiring. Yeah. I want to do those wings now. So where can they find us on all the social sites? If you'd like to connect with Malcolm, it's How To BBQ, right? On Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and of course, YouTube. If you'd like to connect with me, it's Miss Southern Shell on Instagram. 
and have a very, very, very Merry Christmas. That's right. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. And a very Happy New Year. And here's we, to 2023. Here's to 2023. We're blowing 22 out, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, we appreciate everybody hanging out with us this year, tuning in and listening. Yeah, and uh, y'all, uh, we will be back next year after a short break. Season six, uh, baby. Season six, kicking off. All might have a new podcast studio. I don't know. Tyler's won't redecorate, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but until then, like Shell said, hope everybody has a Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. We gone.